Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 2 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I'm Eric Von Hessler. That's Jared Yamamoto. That's Autumn Fisher. And, of course, we are just one day out from the Iowa caucuses, and we have the best in the business with us, Jamie Dupree, on the ground in Iowa. Hello, Jamie. Hey, Eric. How you doing? I am here in Council Bluffs, Iowa, which is a city right on the Missouri River, right across from Omaha, Nebraska. And it's here where Donald Trump is today at a middle school in Council Bluffs. And in fact, Eric, Hillary Clinton is uh, barely a mile and a half away at the local high school. So this is emblematic of all the work going on here, not only for the Republicans, but for the Democrats as well in this final flurry of a uh, of action before tomorrow night in the Iowa caucus. We've already had the Iowa State Director for Donald Trump get out here and urge everybody to make sure they get to the right place to get out and uh, go to the caucus to cast their vote tomorrow. And certainly that organization will be tested. A lot of people wondering if Donald Trump is really going to get all of his people to out to vote tomorrow. And Eric, it's uh, very, very interesting as always to be here. I think I drove what, about uh, 500, 600 miles the last couple of days around Iowa to a variety of events, including this one. Yeah, it's crunch time, and I, from what I understand, uh, at this point in, in the day before, it's almost impossible if you're a citizen of Iowa not to bump into one of them. They're <laughs> all there doing something, right? Yeah, and, and, and let me tell you, for me uh, and other reporters just trying to figure out where to go, uh, I, I, I think I need some kid who's a, a whiz at uh, Google Maps and things like that to be able to tell me what the best use of my time is. Uh, it was really unfortunate. Uh, Trump was originally supposed to be here at 11 a.m. this morning, and they moved it back two hours, which meant we were going to try to do both the Trump event and then go over to the Hillary Clinton event afterward, but probably not going to be able to do that. So probably later today we'll drive back to Des Moines. It's about a two-hour ride and hope to catch Bernie Sanders tonight at, uh, at an evening rally and then maybe as well get to a, a Ted Cruz event before the night is out. So how about this for uh, happenstance for Ironic, Eric? The last three nights, so this would be Friday night in Davenport, Iowa, where I was over on the banks of the Mississippi <laughs> on the eastern side of the state, last night in Cedar Rapids, and then tonight in Des Moines, all three nights, both Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders have been in the exact same city, just different venues for their big last-of-the-day rallies. Uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, her final rally of the uh, Friday, Saturday, and tonight, Sunday, both featuring not only Bill Clinton, but Chelsea Clinton as well, Eric. They should, they're, bringing, they're bringing everything out. Now, my understanding yep. is that uh, the energy level at some of this Hillary Clinton stuff isn't quite... I mean, it doesn't match, obviously, what Trump's got going on, and maybe not Sanders, but I, I hear behind the scenes there's a, there's, a, there's a feel that they just can't get the crowds to get as excited as they want them to be. You know, she had a big event, actually, last night in Cedar Rapids. That, uh, for her, was a very energetic one. Had about 1,100 there, 
oh. uh, which is a big crowd for her. Uh, yeah, I caught her the other day in a small town called Adel, Iowa, out to the west of Des Moines at a local bowling alley. It was classic Hillary Clinton event. You know, 150, 200 people there. Very basic. You interview the voters afterward. They're all for her. You're not going to find really many undecideds or anything like that. It, it reminds me of eight years ago when yeah. there was all the excitement for Barack Obama. This time it's for Bernie Sanders. And Hillary Clinton just sort of keeps chugging along. Uh, it didn't turn out too well for her eight years ago, yeah. especially in Iowa. Yeah, I guess the other, the other side of that is Donald Trump, is how much of this energy actually translates into, uh, well, you, I don't know, you can't call them votes, but in winning these caucuses, he's got yeah, the energy, you know, does he have the ground game? Yeah, for example, uh, a number of my colleagues said they'd gone out and interviewed people out here at this middle school and that a number of them were actually from Nebraska, not from mm -hmm. Iowa. I mean, Omaha is literally just like a seven iron across the river here, so it's not a surprise that some people would come across. Uh, the, it's been the big question all along. I guess I look at it this way, Eric. Uh, everybody keeps telling me and has been telling me for months that there's no way Donald Trump will ever be able to do this, and then he keeps doing it. So why can't he do it tomorrow night, I guess I would ask. Yeah, uh, I The feel latest poll that came, came out from the Des Moines Register showed him still ahead. Uh, you know, I guess uh, the beauty is uh, the, the voters will show us, and if his people turn out in a big wave, uh, I think he'll win, and if there's a big wave uh, for the Democrats, I think Bernie Sanders will probably be the winner there as well. And that's really going to hurt Hillary. I, I know that she feels like she's got South Carolina. She's going to get killed in New Hampshire. But I know she feels like she's got South Carolina as a backstop. But, you know, once, uh, once a candidate starts getting momentum and yeah, starts looking momentum. like a winner, you don't know what's going to happen after that. And that's what I keep telling people. You know, they say, well, you know, but... Look at the polls, South Carolina and Georgia and other states. And I always say, yeah, but we haven't seen what's going to happen in Iowa or New Hampshire yet. And it's, it's so big. I'll, I'll give you an example. Marco Rubio, who is not, did not move up in the Des Moines Register poll. But I have to say, Eric, at the events I've been with him here in Iowa, he is the one that I just sort of sense has momentum. And in interviewing voters, it's been the biggest group of people who have uh, gone from undecided to voting for somebody I found at the Rubio events. You know, I don't know. Maybe my gut is wrong on this, but I just sense he's going to do a little better than the polls indicate. But we'll wait and see. But if he were to somehow get into second, say, that would be a huge boost for him in New Hampshire. And I think he would do much better there. On the other side, if he were to be a weak third here, uh, New Hampshire and hurt him overall. Momentum is a big, big deal right now. Yeah, I have that kind of, I'm not there, but just watching the whole circus play out, my gut feeling along with yours is if there's going to be a big surprise tonight on the Republican side, it'll come from Rubio. That's my feeling. Uh, I've, I've gotten the same sense just sort of watching the circus from, a, from afar. Uh, I wanted to ask you, I don't want to put you on the spot yeah, and here. It is a but, circus, let me tell you, it certainly <laughs> is. Uh, there's, uh, the caucus process is such a mystery to most people. And I know that you have to go to a place and you have to be there for a few hours. It's not like just walking into a primary situation and putting your vote in. But uh, how does it work in the sense of, like, do you have to be there right when it starts? Or can you saunter in a half an hour after it starts and still be a part of it? Is it like going to see a play where they close the doors and they say, okay, no one in until interme intermission? Or can you walk in as it gets going? Yeah, I, it I, is exactly that. No, right. you, you cannot walk in as it gets going. You have to go there early. It starts at 7, but you must be there early to register. Mm -hmm. And so if I would assume it would be like voting. If you're not in line by 7, you are not going to be allowed in. 
And so uh, it's the local precincts. Imagine instead of voting at your library, instead they have the big area in the library where everybody just gathers. Then to make it even more confusing, the two parties do it differently. The Democrats, uh, in say we have 100 people in your precinct. They, they tell you, okay, the, the Clinton people will be over here, the Sanders people will be over here, the O'Malley people will be here, and you gather in big groups. Everybody knows who you're voting for on the Democratic side. It's really fascinating. And then if somebody does not get to 15% of the vote, then they are not viable, and those people can either go home or they can go realign themselves with another one of the candidates. And I remember eight years ago being at a caucus where uh, there were not enough people uh, for some, and everybody yelling, come over here, come over here, join us, join us, and (laughs) everything. And then they have speeches and more. The Republicans, it's a little simpler. They come in, they check in, everybody gets in, they have some speeches, and then everybody votes. You write your vote down on a piece of paper, and it's done. So uh, it's a little different for the GOP, but still it does take a while to get it done. And that's why, uh, especially with a blizzard coming tomorrow night, supposedly, here in Iowa, you know, there will be some people, I'm sure, who just say, you know what, I can't get there for whatever reason. Uh, I was speaking with Jamie Dupree on the ground in Iowa at a Trump rally waiting for Donald Trump to to speak. Also, uh, the Democrats, and I think that we were just talking about if, uh, if Bernie wins, and Hillary gets shut out of Iowa, New Hampshire. She's not only counting on the backstop of the South, but there's something on the Democrat side the Republicans don't have. What is the superdelegate? What, what is that? Does that come out of this process? The, the superdelegates are basically the elected officials, like members of the House and Senate in D.C., or elected governors and more, who are technically undecided but they are automatically granted delegate status at a convention. Eight years ago, it was the exact same thing. Hillary Clinton tried to use that as a backstop against Barack Obama, and then Obama started peeling some of them off one by one. John Lewis of Atlanta would be a perfect example. He had started off as a Clinton uh, superdelegate and then changed and uh, supported Obama during the primary. So, uh, yes, Clinton has been actively working those people, but you and I both know, Eric, if it starts to go downhill the other way, a lot of people would be ready to jump ship if they had to. Everyone wants to be with a winner, although I I don't know on the Democrat side if they would see Bernie as a winner or as an emergency problem that needs to be solved, but certainly they would see that she's not a winner (laughs) Right? I mean, if two times she's being handed the nomination, supposedly, and she fumbles the ball, at that point you got to wonder if they look for somebody outside and maybe a brokered convention. But that never seems to happen. You always no, hear about the— No, I agree. Listen— yeah. the- Go ahead. Yeah, listen, I think it's very important to remember that issue of uh, I want to vote for a winner. I think that's underestimated with people, and that's one thing I think will be very interesting tomorrow night for the Republicans, too, for somebody like a Ben Carson— or maybe a Rick Santorum or a Mike Huckabee. People could get in there and think at the last second, am I just wasting my vote? Should I get on board with Ted Cruz or somebody else? I, I, I do think you'll have people like that, because face it, everybody listening right now has gone into the voting booth and changed their mind at the last second. It does happen, and it can certainly happen here in this kind of order. So Carson last yesterday had two decent rallies. He seems to be holding at about 8 to 10%. And I would think that uh, 
his voters, a lot of them might go to Ted Cruz if they were to leave, and that could be one reason that Cruz is not able to win here, is that Carson voters are just sticking together. Yeah, they make the 15. The fact that he had a terrible debate the other day. Yeah, I thought and, he was, uh, but it so, just, It just hasn't worked out for so him. So given what you just said to me, he really needs to have those 15 percenters, Carson, so that they don't have to go home or go join somebody else. He really needs that in the individual. No, no, in, no. Here's something right. that the Republicans don't do that. The Republicans don't have the 15 percent oh, thing, so okay. that's why it's different. The Republicans just vote. It's only the Democrats that have that viability thing. It's important to remember, and that's why the two parties have different rules in their caucus, which which can make it even more confusing. And the, uh, you know, the other thing is that you are allowed in the Republican caucus to come up and register to change your registration and register mm -hmm. with the Republicans the night of the caucus, if you want. And that's what a lot of people are wondering about. Folks like I'm here at this rally for Trump. Will they, you know, if they're not ready, will they make a big wave at the last second? What have we had in recent years? We had a big wave for Obama in 08. We had a big wave for the Tea Party in 10. We had a big wave back for Obama in 12. And we had a decent-sized Republican wave last time. So, you know, we've, we've had a number of times where maybe we've underestimated the number of people who will show up. That's why... I don't know what to expect with both Trump and Bernie Sanders here in Iowa. Yeah, he does. Jamie, can you stick around for, for the break, or do you have to run? Uh, i got to run here. We're getting ready to uh, start with Trump here in this event. So follow me, uh, all the latest, on Twitter. And if you really want to go behind the scenes, Eric, I have uh, put a bunch of sort of diaries from my daily travels around Iowa. You can find them on my blog at WSBRadio.com. Thank you, Jamie. Stay warm, and we will check in with you throughout the next 48 hours. Thanks a lot, Jamie. We'll be right back. I'm looking for weather, but I can't find it, so you got to find it for me. Okay. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. That guy saying okay is Jared Yamamoto. Autumn Fisher is here. Hi. And uh, I'm looking for, hold on a second, I'm just, I have to do this, I have to do this weather, and I have all these papers, so Jared, find the weather for me. Jared, who, by the way, great producer, when I had Jamie Dupree on, I'm, I wrote him a little note as I'm talking, and says, uh, hey, can Jamie stay with us through the break? And Jer Jared says, just ask him, which put me in the situation where I had to ask Jamie if he'd stick with <laughs> oh, us, and Jamie gosh. goes, uh, no, no, I gotta move on, I can't stick with you. Thanks a lot, Jared, but he did get me the weather, WSB's Kirk Mellish is predicting a high around 67. That translates to a solid 8 on your Mellish meter. This weather report brought to you by Shoemate, air conditioning, and heating. Hey, you know, Jared is the best-looking producer in producery. Exactly. He may not be the best overall, but he is the best-looking. <laughs> and No, he does a great job. I'm just kidding around with him. Uh, so as we, as we get closer to Iowa, I have some audio here. I thought we'd just kind of go through the audio roulette and and see what these campaigns, what the candidates are doing at the last minute. If you go to number one, uh, Chris Christie, now this is, this is a stretch. It does matter whether you have the sensitivity to know how people react to this stuff and to make them feel safe and secure. And that's whether it's an impending storm or whether it's the scourge of radical Islamic jihadist terrorism. Um, you have to make people be safe and secure. He may have a point, but I think it's a little bit desperate if you're trying to compare uh, a blizzard that's coming to New Jersey to ISIS and how you would handle those sorts of things. So, uh, a little desperate, I think. Uh, yeah. There's a point there, but a little desperate. Uh, Donald Trump is uh, still pounding Cruz on his citizenship and other things. Ted Cruz has been severely affected by uh, the Goldman Sachs loans. 
which he didn't disclose. Much more important is this whole fact that he was born in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way Trump does his thing. You know, he's well, I'm not saying. I mean, uh, you know, hey, I think maybe he'd be president, but people are saying. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not saying that he beats his wife. I'm just saying some people are talking. You know, it's that sort of thing. It's that kind of question. When's the last time you beat your wife kind of question? Right. There's yeah. no good no good answer. You know, what so, did uh, I say? What did I say? I said nothing. I said, oh, hey, I'm, I, I love what he says. Uh, I'm, I'm rooting for Ted. I hope he can be. I'm just saying. He oh, was born. Trump's a heck of a guy. <laughs> he loves a healthy competition. And when it comes to Donald Trump, very quickly, Joe Biden had this to say. Uh, he believes this is uh, number eight, if you go to that one. And by the way, we may be given a gift from the Lord in the presidential race here. <laughs> I don't know who to root for more. Cruz or, Bo- or, or, uh, or um, uh, uh, what's that guy's name? <laughs> You know what? He got out of that like it was a joke. So you got to wonder about Joe Biden's brain if he can't come up with Donald Trump's name in the 2016 election cycle. Maybe it's not such a good idea that uh, he jump in and save that party. All right. We can avoid it no longer. My misanthrope buddy, Greg Russ. Stories from Studio B1 when we return. We want everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. And in this Sunday's Atlanta Journal-Constitution, look for an investigation that reveals the questionable connections between a local doctor and the dozens of patients who died of drug overdoses while under his care. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. Welcome back. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. That's Jared Yamamoto. That's Autumn Fisher. And the time is nigh. It's time for... He's a misanthrope. He has a dark heart. And he needs a good psychiatrist. New York. New York. It's Greg Russ with stories from Studio B1. All right, Gregory, how are you? Just a snarl. Hey, 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 guys, I'm here. Hey. Uh, this is Autumn. Look, you know what? Just stay there and you give me the stories. I, and uh, Jerry wants to run around and make things. If Greg's not there, is Greg there? If he's not there, then Jared, it's on you. Yeah, yeah. And so, you are going to have to give me the stories from studio. So, so. <laughs> oh, wait, wait a minute. Here's Greg. This is the kind hey. of show. Hopefully, people like this. It's a little kind of the show we're having today, a little bit technically, I, a little challenge. Greg, are you there? I was, I was on the phone. I could hear you. But uh, I, to answer your question, I'm not in a good mood. Oh, this this uh, computer of mine. Uh, they tell you to update the, the the software on it, right? The operating system. Oh, I'll do that, and it ruins it. It ruins it. Thirty minutes, the thing doesn't boot up. Well, you know so, what? Uh, that I'm is on the phone with you today, and this is lowering the quality of the show. My complaining is lowering the quality of the show, <laughs> and it's all because of this computer and that update that was forced on me because the pop-ups wouldn't stop. Uh, well, look, I, I've been told this for a long time. You don't want to update your computer right before you do something important. But you didn't really listen to that. And so no, I, I me, updated it on Tuesday. Hit me with the first story from Studio B1. Well, um, we'll, we'll start with this one. Um, the Raiders, the football team. Yes, the, the uh, Oakland slash Los Angeles slash, I don't know, well, Hawaii Raiders, whatever they are. No, 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 it's not Los Angeles. There was... 
with the stadium deal that went down in Los Angeles, the uh, the owner of the Raiders, Mark Davis, he didn't like that. So now he's uh, talking to Las Vegas and possibly uh, looking into taking the team there. This will be the first major sports team in Las Vegas for reasons I think are pretty clear that so much betting goes on there. Though these days you can really bet anywhere online. But there's a reason teams probably haven't been there in the past. Yeah, I think the NHL is looking at putting a team there as well. They haven't yet. And I can't imagine for a moment that the NFL, they're just, with all the scandals that they've had in the last few years, want to have a franchise that is in Las Vegas. Because first of all, not only do you have the team that's there open to the nightlife of Las Vegas constantly throughout the season, but every team that co- that flies in a day early is also open to scandals and things that go on at 2 o'clock in the morning before the game gets going. Uh, so I don't know. I, I believe you have to get 24 of the owners have to agree for any new place, any move that any franchise goes to. And I can't imagine them getting 24 owners to say, yes, we want to send our players to Las Vegas every once in a while. And, you know, you can get in trouble anywhere, but Vegas is a 24-hour city. It's a 24-hour fun town. And it's just, I mean, the betting is one thing, but just the uh, the hookers and whatnot, I just don't think you want that if you're the NFL. Not to yeah. mention the population's only like 2 million people, so, I mean, the fans would be fair-weather fans. Yeah, it's always going to be, I heard somebody say this on ESPN, it's absolutely true. You wouldn't even have a home crowd so much as when the Falcons play the Las Vegas Raiders, that's when Jared and Eric and all of our friends decide we're going to Vegas, right? Right. So it's a, the potential there that the visiting team has more of a fan base almost every week, or at least 50-50 with the people who are actually there. Well, the thing with uh, Vegas these days, I was just in Orlando for work, and it really, the way Orlando is set up, you know, it's a tourist trap, the whole town's a tourist trap, it looks like Vegas these days, or I should say Vegas looks like Orlando these yeah. days. Um, and yeah, sure, there's still trouble to be had in Vegas, but um, that there's... aspect of it has really changed. It's really kind of just cheesy, get stuck in malls, and you have you know, forced <laughs> paraphernalia, and you need to buy like Las Vegas t-shirt and magnets on you just to, just to walk down the street. You can't just cross streets there. You have to go up and over the street through a mall. So, you know, there is that element of it still there, but it's kind of a cheesy place. You're only a few miles away from the Bunny Ranch. There's plenty of trouble to be had. Even things that are legal can become scandalous when you're an athlete and you're married and you were just named uh, Man of the Year or something. So I, I just I feel like the NFL doesn't want to be there, and I think that the Raiders' ownership, that guy with that bizarre bull head cut, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can't even get over that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's just a bizarre-looking dude. I'm sorry. Uh, I think that this is some sort of uh, just a just a a chip, just something that he wants to hold against the league because he really wants to be in Los Angeles or he wants to be in San Diego. Maybe if they move up, I don't know why they don't stay in Oakland. Oakland fans are frightening. They scare the <laughs> hell out of me. But I mean, certainly they're rabid. I, I guess the the city just doesn't have the money to build them a stadium. Is what it comes down to. Yeah, I think that's what it is. They're still in that stadium that the the Athletics used to play in, right? Yeah. That that's yeah, it's a pretty old stadium, but the fans do seem to be into it there. So you know, yeah. maybe he's just San Antonio is also in the mix. I hear, and just Sweet. across the bay, I mean, the the Forty Niners got a brand new stadium yeah. this year. Yeah, so that's a, that's uh, close to Silicon Valley. There's a lot of money there. Although it's it's becoming uh, 
so expensive to live in the San Francisco area that you would think that that's, some of that's going to go over the bridge and maybe more middle class or upper, upper middle class people are going to go to Oakland. I don't know if that's actually happening yet. But, uh, you know, it's, if you're, Oakland is a mess. It's always been a mess. And so to justify building a stadium for a football team, I think it's very difficult when you have so many people who are, you know, just not doing well in, in that area. So I don't know. I think that they know it's never going to happen. I don't think 24 owners were, would say yes to it. And I think it's just a bargaining chip, really, to try to get in someplace else. But I think it's going to be too bad. It's going to be too bad to lose the Oakland fan base. They already lost them once. They went to Los Angeles, won a Super Bowl or two. It was the Los Angeles Raiders. They came back. And, you know, if you lose them again, I guess it's like St. Louis. I don't feel bad for the fans of St. Louis. They've now lost two football teams. And then they come in and they talk about, well, we'll have them on the expansion list, or maybe they'll get another, maybe they'll get the Jacksonville team in St. Louis. You failed to keep two franchises in your town because they used to be the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't even know if people like Jared Yamamoto even know that that the Cardinals were the St. Louis Cardinals for forever before they went to Arizona. So then they got the Los Angeles Rams. They couldn't keep them. The Rams are going back to Los Angeles. I say two strikes and you're out as a city. Uh, you're a baseball town, St. Louis. All right, give me another story from Studio B1. All right, because we alienated Autumn Sports, I'll bring her back with a parenting story. Parents Thank you. Who manipulate, parents who manipulate their children, uh, that turns them into meaner adults as a new survey. Now, manipulating, my understanding of this story is meaning trying, like, I want you to be a doctor, so I'm going to manipulate yes. your life the whole time because Dad's a doctor, so you're going to be a doctor. You, yeah, you try to force them into what you want them to be. And that, and that makes them, I guess, uh, they have a shorter fuse, they have yeah, more... Yeah, more hot-headed. They, uh, they did a study with sweat levels of 180 college students. Uh, and <laughs> the thing was, they, they recounted painful events of their their lives, such as breaking up with a boyfriend or girlfriend or losing someone close to them, then they studied the amount of sweat that came out, and the higher the, <laughs> the sweat level, the more arousal, and then it's all tied back into parents who were demanding and tried to force them into a certain pass. Uh, I, I think that uh, there may be some truth to this, but as you explained the way that this survey was done, I'm not... So you sweat more and more profusely the more agitated you are, I guess, over something, and so yeah, they stress response. So they found the people who who sweat the most, and then they did. Then they asked them questions about their past, and they correlated the ones whose career was manipulated from the day they were born, and came up with a result. I, I would prefer it to be the headline: "Parents who manipulated their children have sweatier children." <laughs> <laughs> That's reason enough alone. Autumn, uh, I don't want to get you going off on parenting. We'll lose everybody listening. But obviously, you are, you're not going to do this to your child. No, definitely not. I think it's important to uh, see what they're interested in and what they're good at and try and meet, meet those in the middle. It all comes down to this. you got to teach your kids how to use their brain, how to learn, and how to learn about the things that they're interested in and then turn them on mm -hmm. to a bunch of different things, let them decide what gets them going, what gets their motor going, and you've given them the skills to take, go from curiosity to actually learning about something and then succeeding and learning how to do something. Also That's, trying not uh, to label them, too, not necessarily in a bad way. Oh, you're, 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 you can't focus, or oh, yeah. you're high-strung, or something like that, but even calling a kid creative over and over again when yeah. they all of a sudden feel like they have no creativity – 
then they feel like there's something wrong. Right. So like it's I, weird. You can't even like compliment your kids. <laughs> well, that's my first thing. I never compliment my kids. Uh, Smart. No, I want them to grow up to be tough, you know. Uh, yep. mm-hmm. It's interesting that you mentioned the Raiders because I remember they had a quarterback years ago. His name was Todd Marinovich. And the whole story on that guy was his father was a coach of some kind. And from the day he was born, his dad tried to create the ultimate quarterback. Like every breakfast he had, everything that he did was based on you're going to be a great quarterback. And he actually did make it to the NFL. He had a couple of good games, but he had a mental meltdown. You know, the guy couldn't hack it because I don't think he decided to be an NFL quarterback. His dad decided Mm -hmm. to be an NFL quarterback. Now, the other side of it is Tiger Woods' dad did the same thing, and he ended up with a guy who's won, what, 14 majors, Um, uh, Venus and Serena. Their dad was kind of like, you're going to be tennis players, and they've turned out to be two of the best female tennis players of all time. But when it goes wrong, it can really go wrong. And I would imagine Todd Marinovich had a very short fuse and uh, not a lot of fun to be around. I don't know if we lost Greg or if he's still there. I'm still here. I, I I was trying not to go back into football because I I didn't want to alienate Autumn again. But Thanks. you know, I was I was just thinking of the Mannings. I don't know how much their dad pushed them, but there were three of them. Apparently, they were good until like that one brother got hurt. And yeah, couldn't play anymore. But there was a potential there for. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you at least have two of them in one Super Bowl. Yeah. So I don't know. Even it's parenting is such a dicey thing that there's no one size fits all. You got to find out who your kids are, what their personalities are. But more than anything, you just want to teach them how to be curious and then how to learn about the things that they're curious about. All right. When we return, maybe another story from Studio B1 on that awful phone line. But remember, we have the best goodbyes in the business. Don't miss them. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. WSB's Kirk Mellis predicting a high around 67. That translates to a solid 8 on the Mellis meter. It's a weather report brought to you by Shoemate Air Conditioning and Heating. And a shout out to my friends at Magnus Racing, who I believe just won their class in the Rolex 24. Awesome for them. Maybe you don't understand that, but uh, it means something to me. And my name's on the show, and I'm behind the yeah. mic. So, wow. Shout out to, hey, 24 hours. You got to build a machine that races 24 hours and then pull it in, in front. So, if I find out I'm wrong, but I, I believe that they actually won their, uh, their class. So, congratulations to them. And we're pulling this thing into an, uh, Jared Yamamoto. Before we go, we want to let people know about a very special Von Hessler doctrine that we've got in the pipeline. Yeah, that's right. Another so- live lounge. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So we're in the process of uh, formulating the final plans, but we are definitely going to have a live lounge show on Friday, February 26th. Uh, We're going to start things up at 7 o'clock. You'll have to brave through Friday night traffic, but you won't want to miss this because this is when Eric is at his absolute best over here. So it's uh, the show will be on from 7 to 10 on uh, WSBradio.com and on live on the radio from yes. uh, 8 to 10 as well. It's, kind of, it's like three different shows going on at the same time. So if you're listening on the radio, it's a, it's a radio show. If you're, if you're there live in the studio, studio audience or watching the internet stream, we start and we just go for two hours and 20 minutes or so 
well, once we start, there are no breaks in that situation. And uh, so it becomes a very lively and fun thing. And we, we love to have the live studio audience. And as you were saying, it's something that you have to commit to. We want to have a full audience. We want you there. But you need to understand that we're talking Friday, seven, se- Friday night, 7 o'clock, Pete's Tree. You know, you might want to leave work a little bit early. You want, it's not one of those things where you can leave work, go all the way back to the suburbs, pick up your wife, get back into town. Uh, so we need to know from you if you can really be there. And if you can really be there and you want to be there, we want you to be there. So what's the processes we're looking at? So what we're going to do is, it's kind of a new thing. The WSB Radio app has been revamped in the last year. So we're going to use the WSB Radio app. If you, if you haven't downloaded it, it's super easy. Go to the App Store and uh, just... Type in WSB Radio, it's right there. You'll download the app. We'll have an easy survey for you to take on there. But again, it's going to be it's going to be based on whether or not you can make it here right. uh, to WSB because we want the place filled up. I mean, we've had it filled the last two live lounge shows, so we we need you there. So more details to come. The show is actually going to be February 26th. Yes, I sir. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Jerry. Thanks to Mark. Thanks to Mary Ellen. Thanks to Autumn. You can get more of me at ericvonline.com. We do a couple podcasts. Explicit language over there, so you might not want to bring the kitties. Hey, you know what? Thanks to all of you for tuning in today. We'll uh, chat with you again next Sunday at 1 p.m. But until then, each and every one of you, just get off my lawn. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.